Hello and welcome back to the Happy PE Pool podcast. Hope you've all been enjoying the wintry conditions we've recently had. I managed to get out in the snow at some point. Saying that though, we have some listeners from abroad actually, including America, Canada, Spain, Hungary. So for you, I'm not actually too sure what the conditions are like, but over in the UK, it's been a mixed bag recently. So another week and I'm pleased to say that the podcast is now featuring on Apple Podcasts so there's another platform you can access it on uh, which is absolutely amazing and I'd love for you to subscribe so you can get all the latest episodes straight away the moment they're released and um, as always please continue sharing the pod with anyone and everyone as I'm sure there's always something you can take away from my guests and their inspirational stories And this doesn't stop this week. Uh, My guest is a former student at the school who has gone full circle and returned as a maths teacher. She's a fellow gym buddy who I've had the pleasure of joining at the Odd Spin class. She's very focused on her exercise and will share some really good advice on how to approach exercising at the gym. So I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Miss Mitchell. Welcome to the Happy People podcast. I've got Miss Mitchell with me. So nice of you to join me on episode four. How thank are you, you today? Thank you for having me. Yeah, really good, thank you. Good. And yeah. um, hopefully you've listened to some of the um, the podcasts and what's going to be really interesting to have with you is that you've been a student at the school. I have, yeah. Um, so you've gone from student to teacher. So that's going to be really interesting to hear about your sort of insight with sport and especially here at Barnwell. So um, we're going to go all the way back. Um, earliest, fondest memories of PE. So it probably might have started when you were a baby or was it more primary what do you remember about sort of getting into sport in general yeah so I think from a really young age um I listened to Mrs Francis last week and her story about swimming resonated with me um my parents as soon as we were kind of two three that was it we were in the pool and I had swimming lessons and I carried on swimming up until I was 18 so for me that's my earliest memory of sports But I also used to dance, so I was dancing outside of school as well. And I think we were just such an active household. So my sister was really into sports. She did loads of sports for the school as well. So we were just always doing something, which was really nice to just be active. So swimming up until you were 18. So did that look at competitive swimming or was it more classes and technique or yeah. was it the sort of so it was swim more, meets? It was more classes and techniques and we reached a point when I was about 15 and it was okay you can either go down the route of swimming competitively or or not mm-hmm. and to be honest I just enjoyed what I was doing and I didn't actually want to compete which is a bit strange because I'm now really competitive mm. but at the time I didn't want to compete I just enjoyed the exercise I enjoyed what I was doing and um I was really kind of heavily interested in in all my studies and I knew I wanted to go to university and all these things, they kind of just took over for me Mm -hmm. and I was just so focused on studying that actually I thought I don't have time to kind of spend that much time on a sport Mm. and so I ended up carrying on just swimming normally till I was 18 and then I left that club when I was 18 and still swim now but just not in the same same way. What was the... Were you around competitive swimmers within your club? Were there people that you went swimming with to who did compete? What was that like with sort of the atmosphere? Because it's a very independent sport. Yeah. But obviously, if you're swimming as a team, even but you're still swimming independently. Obviously, unless it's a relay at yeah. Medley or whatever. But um, what was it like around your club? 
Yeah, it was still really competitive. Um, we all wanted to win and mm. we would always do at the end of every session, we'd always do races. Right. Um, so it was always competitive and it was always about time. So mm. obviously, like you said, it's, it's quite an independent sport, but it was about beating your own time. And every, every kind of four weeks, we'd get a little slip of paper and it'd tell you how fast your 25 metres was, your 50 metres and so mm. on. And for a lot of us, it was, it was that personal... Um, goal of beating those times that kind of kept you going and that's what spurred you on and what was the mentality of that like with because when you think about team sport you might be get sort of given individual targets to yeah. improve on but this is your target is the sole thing you need to focus on yeah. especially if it's around time so what was the mentality aspect of being able to motivate yourself to keep going back yeah. knowing that time is the one thing really you need to sort of yeah and I mean for me as well one thing I didn't realize until I swam like that was how close those times are mm. like we're talking like thousandths yeah. of a second that make the difference um, and that can be really frustrating when you are literally thousandths of a second off of a PB but um, it's yeah it's, it's that self-motivation I just wanted to be the best in all honesty I wanted yeah. to be the best and that's what motivated me um, especially as I didn't go down the competitive swimming route I was mm. like well I want to prove that I can still swim yeah swim well and swim good times so for me it was that personal personal goal um, and there was other people in the team that really weren't weren't that that bothered about it mm. they were quite happy to just swim every week and they maybe never beat their PBs, but they were working on technique and all those other things as well in swimming that often get overlooked. And what were the coaches like? What, what Obviously, PE teachers and coaches, and I've done both, and the way I approach my coaching and the way I approach my PE teaching are two separate things, and they are. What were they like? Were they very drilled, beat your time, competitive, focused, kind of like the stereotypical American, yeah. or is it more of a, no, just come along, we'll help you improve, was it sort of more friendly, how was we it? We had a lot more friendly of an atmosphere, and I think that's because we chose not to go quite so much down right. the competitive route, they knew there were some of us that were never really interested in racing or anything like that, so it was more just keeping us there, keeping us engaged, having fun, and and that's kind of how they coached, which was a lot nicer, like I mm -hmm. still am friends with some of those coaches now, um, because they actually helped a lot of us to just enjoy a sport, which I think is so important. So it was more of the um, engage, sort of engagement of just a love of sport and yeah, taking absolutely. part to just enjoy and yeah, be Yeah, it's the taking part that counts. It's, exactly. It's that, it's that stereotypical that saying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's taking part, but it, but it is. And it's that's, so important. And to go up to 18, so why did it stop at 18? went to university and kind of the next step after that would have been to be competitively swimming yeah, yeah and and yeah represent the uni team and for me I went to university and did a maths degree and I really didn't have any time to mm -hmm. devote that much to a sport I still took part in sport and that's when I really got into the gym and things like that but um, I didn't have time to competitively swim in that kind of aspect I, like okay. I said I was always very academic focused yeah. which took over a lot and you mentioned before about dance. So what yeah. was that for you growing up? Was that more younger or did it go up until sort of teens as well? So um, when I was younger, I was actually dancing, you know, for medals and grades and all of that. Um, and then I stopped dancing. But then I started dancing again for the school. So when I came to Barnwell, mm -hmm. I did a couple of dances with, I don't even know what we were called now, the Barnwell Dance Club <laughs> or whatever it was. But um, we, we danced quite a bit for the school and in the Christmas shows and we went to St Albans and did like a, mm -hmm. it was like a dance gala. Um, so I did all of that whilst I was in school. And it was just something I was interested in um, and I enjoyed doing, but I never took it too seriously. Too yeah. 
That's good. So, talking about Barnwell, obviously you were a student. Which yeah. campus were you mainly on, or was it was it still a mix of so the two at the time? I would have been on the upper campus for yeah. year seven, eight, nine, and then I was on Collinswood for right. year ten, eleven. And then it obviously has merged. So, what was your time like at Barnwell, sort of sports wise? Um, obviously, I'm sure there's some teachers who are still. Here yeah. and I'm going to try. I want to see if I can draw a little bit out of that for um, later on. But what was sport like at Barnwell when you were at school? Joe, you know, I just and I'm not even just saying this, but I just remember enjoying sport. And I was never someone who was kind of the best at sport. I think I was just kind of average. Like I'd enjoy rounders, I'd enjoy netball, mm-hmm. I'd enjoy all of those things, and I could do them. I could hit a ball, I could throw a ball, I could score in a net. But um, I was never kind of one of those ones that was doing all of the team sports and everything. But I never felt like that was, I was at a disadvantage for not Mm. being like that. It wasn't that the teachers preferred students who were kind of into sports really seriously. We just had a lot of fun. And I remember playing rounders out on the field in the summer. And I just Mm. have a lot of really nice memories of the sports we But it is just that positive attitude yeah. just to go I'm going to enjoy as much as yeah. I can without having to go I need to represent the team yeah. and obviously that does come from the teaching staff so do you have any memories of certain teachers and the way they approach things did you, have you got first question really is did you have any of the teachers who are still here now as your PE teachers yeah so I mean I had um Mrs Carter okay. I had her quite early on actually um I had Miss Hull Um, So I think she might have been training or something at the time. So I had her and Mrs Jones, who would have been Miss Ward. I had her as well. I remember that in kind of year 10, 11. Mm. So yeah, quite a few of the PE teachers are still here. And do you think, knowing them now as colleagues... Yeah. Is that... Is is it weird? Was it weird? I'm sure it's okay now, but was it initially? I I always get asked this question. As soon as people know that I went to the school, that is is the first question I get asked. And yeah, originally it was a little bit strange, but now it just feels completely normal. I kind of almost forget that Mm. I was an ex-student. It's it's strange now. That's good, but that shows the sort of how we... As staff, yeah. really, just sort of... It's just a commu- just, like community yeah, join everyone. feel, yeah. But would you say that their teaching style has changed a bit? Or do you think, no, Miss Hull and Mrs Jones, they're the, and Mrs Carter and yeah. Mr Patching, yeah. they're just what you remember? Or do yeah. you think they have actually changed? No, they're, they're really similar to what I remember um, completely. Even just talking to them just as normal people, um, they're exactly the same. Like, I think probably... When I look at kind of Miss Ward and Miss Hull, mm-hmm. obviously they were, I think they were quite early on yeah. in their careers when I first um, was at the school. Um, so they've probably changed lots in themselves, but um, as people, I just see them exactly yeah. how I... And do you have any uh, fond, any particular memories really that stand out for you with regards to sort of sport at Barnwell? Um, and you mentioned summer and rounders yeah, and being think... on the field, but is there any anything else, or any funny stories that you can remember that... Oh gosh, do you know what? I remember we used to play belly flop rounders. Okay. Is this something you've heard of? It or? might be. The, is this going onto the rugby mats? Yeah, and you literally belly flop onto the big crash mats. Instead of the Instead post. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah, we play something and similar. I yeah. remember playing that so. And oh, we all used to be in fits of laughter. Just cause it's, it's funny yeah. seeing everyone belly flop. So I remember, I remember things like that, is, which is good fun. But yeah, I've got some really nice memories of. Um, <laughs> like the summer yeah. and being out on the field and it was actually if the weather was nice that's it we were out on the field it was really nice to get outside 
Sorry about that. Sorry about the bells. Um, yeah, just being, it is sort of, the, the, I do think the fondest memories are the ones of being outside. Yeah. And um, we obviously want to be outside as much as we can, but yeah. in some cases it doesn't happen. Obviously at the moment it's really cold. Yeah. What were your memories like of when it was really cold? And are you, were you sort of in the mindset, I'm just going to get on with it? Or were yeah. you that sort of like person who sort of wraps up and goes, I'm not, I don't want to no, do that. No, no, no. I was out in my shorts, in my t-shirt, right. and I was I was ready to go. Yeah, you. definitely. I think as well, with sport, as soon as you start moving, you get warm. Yeah. So it's a very short, temporary pain. So um, I was always ready and raring to go. Brilliant. Great. Um, so moving sort of, that's through sort of the Barnwell side of things. Um, went to university. Was there any sport at university? Was there anything you did at that sort of point? Um, so, I mean, just before I went to university, so I was at sick form at the time, that's when I really started getting into the gym. Um, so I joined my first gym when I was 17 um, and just started exercising. And all throughout kind of university, it was just about the gym. That's mm -hmm. all it was. Um, I wasn't really doing any sports as such. It was really just getting the gym and doing workouts. Um, so that yeah, sort of side of things, this is sort of the first time we've sort of approached it really because a lot of it was obviously with uh, Miss Francis, it was to do with walking, a bit of yeah. skiing, uh, Mr. Brown and Mr. Patching was mainly football, a bit of running. So, yeah. so this is the first time sort of we can have that sort of conversation regarding going to the gym. Yeah. Um, how has your approach changed over the years for that? Because a lot of people are like, I don't yeah. like to perform in front of other people yeah. and we have that with students especially when we do our fitness classes they get very sort of anxious and a bit self-conscious so how did you sort of go I'm going to go to the gym how does that approach um has it changed but yeah also the motivation to go to the gym is a little is challenging so oh, how have you how did you come about sort of yeah. going in the first place and then overcoming that self-consciousness yeah and I do think you've touched on a really good point there because I think it is it's one of the biggest challenges I've had going to the gym. Um, when I started, it was a friend that I used to go to school with. He was doing all like the memberships mm -hmm. for a gym and he said, come along, have a look and, and we'll go from there. And um, I joined up, um, I had quite cheap memberships, which made it at 17, which was perfect. And um, it was a fitness instructor there who started kind of getting me into weights mm -hmm. and um, kind of trained me. Um, which got me interested, but I've had lots of kind of dips in going to yeah. the gym. I've had times where I've really struggled and I've had, are people looking at me, are people watching what I'm doing? Maybe I'm doing something wrong, which I yeah. think is most people's fear when they're doing something at the gym is, are you doing it correctly? Um, so I ended up leaving that gym and then I went to a women's only gym, okay. which um, massively helped my confidence mm. because I felt so much more secure and felt like people weren't watching me. Yeah. And then now I'm at um, the gym, which we both go to. And even when I joined there, I had such a thing in my mind about everyone's watching me, everyone's mm -hmm. judging me, people are looking what I'm doing, thinking I'm doing it wrong. And then one day I just realized that actually, I spend so much time looking at myself and what yeah. I'm doing at the gym, that everyone's doing the same thing. And actually everyone's just watching what they're doing. And that moment that I kind of had that epiphany mm. um, made the gym so much more enjoyable. And now it's it's such a big part of my life. It's, it's really interesting because I, th I think the gym, the, the type of gym definitely plays a part yeah. in it. And I've been at gyms where 
that lots of young people and I remember doing when I was 17 18 as well surrounded by sort of similar peers and I found that really difficult and yeah. um agree sort of am I doing the right thing yeah. to where we're at now which is obviously Odyssey down the road and um I would say sort of the age range really is probably 30 plus yes. probably go yeah, back, yeah, if yeah. not a bit Definitely. higher and that self-consciousness isn't there for me because no. They're there for it, seems like they're there for a reason. They go yes. in, and a lot of people are focused, yeah. but also it comes at the time of the day. And I think there's times there are times where you do get those younger sort of people yeah. who go in, and their view or view is sort of, um, I'll do five reps of the strongest weight yeah. possible to make groaning noises, Throwing and it's like, around. I'm not time, I'm not, I'm not here for that. Yeah. But so you find what works for you, but I definitely, definitely. think the right gym and the setup of the gym is definitely Massive something that, that can take time to find. But like you said, that momentary sort of epiphany that you said that yeah. you're going, I'm here for a reason, let me focus on that. Yeah. Everyone else seems to be doing the same thing, so yeah. forget about it. Um, because I know there's this big gym culture, and I remember growing up, and it wasn't a huge thing really, but it's definitely expanded over the past sort of 10, 15 years. And I've got students as well at the moment who are going to the gym. But I think it's more male than yes, the, sort yeah. of the female side of things. So um, you said that um, you have approached it in a way now that you sort of block everyone else yeah. out. What do you do at the gym that you sort of recommend? Or have you done things where you've gone, that's just not for me? Yeah, so I do a lot of free weights, so that's what I enjoy doing more. Um, I don't really like going to the gym and doing cardio. I'd rather okay. go spinning and yeah. get my cardio that way rather than running on the treadmill. Like Running's just not for me, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, so I do a lot more free weights, and I think definitely if you're someone who's looking to get into the gym, free weights is the easiest mm -hmm. kind of way to start. Um, I watched loads of YouTube videos yeah. way back when um, just to kind of learn the techniques. I followed lots of kind of fitness influencers on Instagram and things yeah. like that just to find um, kind of what workouts to do. And now I structure all my own workouts. But I know a lot of people as well that have used um, personal trainers just mm -hmm. to kind of get started. But definitely a good pair of headphones to block out everything, mm. pick up some weights and, and just start start lifting. But you mentioned one thing though about music. We've done in with our year 11 and our B-Tech, they designed their own training program, yeah. tried to run it. It's been quite challenging because of lockdown. But one of the things that we talked about with motivation was music. Yeah. And I don't think it's been utilised as well as, as teachers we thought they we would get yeah. from them. But it is really important and it blocks out... Any of the naff music that might be the, yes, the gym yeah. might be playing, any of the grunts and the groans from yeah. the men who are trying to impress whoever's in the gym, um, but it can get you into a zone. What music? Absolutely. So here's a question really for you: What music do you listen to? Because I'm a right. I could listen to yeah. hard rock metal, but I could listen to. I'm not really into dance, but something with a beat. Yes. But then if I'm concentrated, I could put some acoustic music. I'm really an all rounder, yeah. but I know people can be quite. No, I would specific. say I'm I'm fairly similar in that I go on Spotify and I look yeah. for a playlist and sometimes you can do it on your mood so it depends yeah. on what my mood is I'll find some different music but I probably do listen to quite a lot of drum and bass when I'm at right. the gym just because it's yeah. heavy beats and you know it keeps you going and keeps you motivated so I kind of have gym workout playlists and then yeah. other life playlists so um, I think it's really important to have something good to listen to. To focus in and we, obviously we've been spinning yeah. um, together and that's been the, the music there as well always has a beat and it's remixes so it, yeah. and it, it really does get you motivated and especially if you are doing something like spinning that yeah. is uh, beats are helpful yeah music is vital with 
within the gym definitely. and it's definitely something that um, I think people don't utilise as well as they could do. Um, but very interesting though with what you said with sort of going with people to the gym has helped you motivate and um, I'm a mixture of the two. Sometimes I'm happy to go on my own but that yeah. sometimes demotivates me. Yeah. How have you overcome sort of because you're very good at going on your own. You're very yeah. focused and very routine-based, very similar to Miss Francis, I think. But you do like to do it with other people. So obviously, yeah. like we've been spinning together yes. and yeah. um, when we've seen each other in the gym, we do have a chat, etc. So how do you motivate yourself on your own to get up, go to the gym and do a routine? Yeah, it is, it is so crucial to have that routine. And I think okay. that's what's so drilled into me is I before everything happened, I would spin three times a week and I'd be in the gym three times a week and I would always go on the same days, the same times. Mm. And to a point that sometimes someone would ask me to do something and I'd be like, I can't, I've got to go to the gym, like I've got other things yeah. planned. And that I was always taught that treat kind of your gym and your workout like you would an appointment. Okay. So if it was, for example, at work, I'd leave by five because I've got an appointment. It's just an appointment at the gym. It's mm -hmm. just a different, different style. And I was always taught that's how you should schedule in your sessions. And I mean, for me, it's the mental health benefits as well of exercise. I know that I will feel and amazing especially after. especially at the moment as yeah. well. I think it can be really hard to motivate yourself to go, but if you can kind of envisage how you're gonna feel afterwards, mm -hmm. that's what motivates me to go, because I know I'll feel amazing, like a spin class. Yeah. I'll hate probably every single second of it, but at the end, yeah. I will feel But there's those endorphins, and it's yeah. just that we would, I've touched upon this um, previously with, the build-up is the hardest bit. When yes. you get going, you're like, and then you start to get into yeah. it. And by the time you finish, you're like, I feel great. Yeah. And it's amazing, that process. And it is, the, again, but I like what you said there about routine and treating it like an appointment. Yeah. And I think if you do that, you, you get into that routine that's going to benefit. And at the end of the day, any form of exercise, the more you do it and the yeah. more... Um, firstly, you get better at it and you can challenge yourself in different ways, but you're going to see the benefits overall by doing it repeatedly, not just a one-off yeah, once a week. I'm not going to do it for two, three weeks. I'm going to try it no. again. And they, you need that routine. They say it takes, I can't remember, it's a month or three months yeah. or something to, to make a habit. So if you want it to be something that you do forever, you have to keep doing it for a month or three mm -hmm. months or whatever the, the time limit is. And after that point, it becomes just part of your routine. Um, so it's really important you stick it out for that first little bit, which is the hardest. Yeah. But after that, if it's once it's in your routine, you should you should be okay. So looking at motivation, one of the things that um, can be a bit of a hindrance is people get bored and yeah. boredom and repeating the same thing mm -hmm. and the routine's good. Um, there's two two questions. One, how do you vary what you do? Yeah. And secondly, do you set yourself goals? Um. Yeah. So. I think my variation probably comes from doing my spinning and then also li lifting weights. Um, I try and mix up my weight days. I mix up um, kind of what um, area I'm training. Um, sometimes I do like an upper body day, lower body day, and then a total full body workout, and maybe introduce some hit or just something a little bit different. Um, but where we are, there's a pool as well, so I can go mm. swimming. Um, I do try and get on the treadmill every so often, <laughs> but I just try and set myself probably mini goals like that. So, you know, I need to go for a run this week, so I'm gonna go for a run, mm -hmm. or um, I wanna try and increase my weight. So if it was six kg last week, I'm gonna do 7.5 this week. It, those are the kind of goals I set myself. Um, but most of the time I just do whatever I enjoy because I think that's how you stick at something for mm -hmm. longer. If I push myself to do things I don't want to do, then I'm, I'm probably going to give up. 
Yeah, that makes sense. No, thank you for that. I think that there's some really important points to take away there, and it's really good to hear sort of the different side of it because you've said, and we had a conversation before that you're not a team sport. You don't play netball yeah, no. or football, for example. You are very independent, <laughs> and it's more gym based. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. Um, I'm struggling massively because I'm not necessarily a, a, a gym person. I do go, but yeah. like I said, spinning, but mainly sports, so tennis yeah, or football. Yeah, or um, I, I do use the treadmill, but it's cycling in the gym, yeah. and it's more cardio. Yeah. And I have gone through phases, mainly through rehabilitation on my knee, to, to do weights. Yeah. And I struggle massively with boredom. So I think yeah. your message sort of of setting routine and treating it as... And a point, I think I like that, and yeah. I think a lot of people might use that. So that's great. Um, so we're going to move on. So one of the features um, uh, we do on the uh, on the podcast is Aup can ask you a question. Um, okay. I have this week had um, a student actually send in a message, voice okay. message. So we're going to listen to what um, he has to say, <clears throat> and hopefully we can hear it um, on the recording. So I'm going to turn up uh, my tablet for it. And then hopefully you might be able to answer the question. So, I hope so. Uh, hello, this is Archie from Year Nine, and big fan of the podcast. And when I heard I could ask a question, I was very excited. Um, the question is for the guest or or, or Mr. Goodman: um, Is what team do you support in any sport, and what was your earliest memory of seeing them play or seeing them win something? Thank you. Okay, so a little bit different because you you sort yeah. of mentioned you've not. So yeah. um, we can adapt sort of the questions slightly within maybe family. Do you, is there I anything was in particular? Say, I think if my dad heard this, I mean, I have to say Luton Town. Like oh. he is a massive, massive Luton Town supporter. So I feel if I didn't say that, um, I might not have dinner tonight. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he. I remember going to Luton Town games with him, so oh. I, I've actually been to a few football games. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not really my team. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you? What was the first? Was he? Did he try and get you early? Sort of. I'm going to take when you're three, four years old. No, and... no, no, no. Not until I was maybe nine or ten. Because mm-hmm. um, he didn't really force me to as well. It was me kind of saying, "Oh, like I'll come with you one weekend," and he'd get us tickets and off we'd go. But he goes like him and his friend, um, and they go every week before this so they've got season tickets they've got chairs with their names on like oh, it, wow. it's very very serious mm. um but and they're yeah. doing quite well at the moment you must be quite happy because they're in the cha- second tier I, the I know they played Chelsea so the other day did, that yeah. is the only and I yeah. know they lost they lost so but I, they did very well <laughs> it was a very good game and they scored um it was 2-1 at one point and they did quite well but uh, unfortunately lost yeah. but okay interesting yeah mine is just um Sunderland I was about four Five years old, my dad took me to Roker Park, freezing cold in the northeast. Yeah. Um, and I do remember there was a, a footballer called Don Goodman. Um, and I remember looking at the programme and noticing the name. And I said to my dad, I was like, um, is he related to us? And he just pointed to this six foot five um, centre forward with a massive afro. And he just went, that's him. And I just, that instant realisation <laughs> like, of going, sure. don't think so. <laughs> Considering that we're like both under sort of five foot four, yeah. I was small at the time. I was like, mm, yeah, don't think we're related to somehow. But I remember being in there and then, um, yeah, that was my earliest memory. I must be about four. I think it was about 1991. 
Anyway, um, but your answer's more interesting for what people want to listen to. Um, the other, we're going to do another uh, sort of question that um, students have sent in, in AOP can I ask you a question. So can you pick a number, please, between one and five? Three. Three. So uh, what sport do you hate or not enjoy? We've talked about all the things you like. That's in an interesting question, actually. Do you know and what? Why? I'm going to be really, really honest. I hate running. I okay. absolutely hate running. I'll go for a run. Yeah. And I'll be fine after. Like I'll still get mm. those endorphins after I've had a run. But I probably go on one run a year and it's kind of this annual thing. I make it so that I've gone for a mm -hmm. run in twenty twenty one and that's it. I don't want to run again. Why? I don't know. I think it's because I find it really hard. And I think it's just I always feel like I've run further than I have. Okay. And I look and then I think, I've not even run a kilometre mm -hmm. and it feels like I've been running forever. And I, I've done runs in the past, I've done charity runs, so I did a 10k mm. charity run in London um, a couple of years ago. But I just, I feel like it's always something I have to force myself to do. Yeah. Whereas the gym and spinning and dancing and swimming and all of that, I don't have to force myself to do it, I'll just do it's it. enjoyment. Yeah. It, did you find the 10k run, the charity run, better than just going for a normal run. I'm very much a, I've yeah. got to run for a reason. So I have done the park runs in the past and I yeah. enjoy that because there's loads of other people. I've done some charity runs like yeah. that because there's a reason, raise some money yeah. and go for it. But to just have that sort of Mr. Brown um, who can just pick up, I'm going for a run and then he'll run for 20 odd miles and do his marathon. I just, I don't I have the motivation know. to do I, that. I it's like I have to have it. a reason yeah. to do it. It was a lot easier to run mm. kind of, we were running through London as well. So there's lots of landmarks yeah. and there was, there was lots of people cheering and it was, it was mm. a nice atmosphere. But when I'm running on yeah. my own, it's just, it I, I just, yeah. feels like it's a really long time. Yeah. I think, yeah, I just, I can't pinpoint it. I don't know if I just no. find it boring. I'm also, I'm, I'm a big believer and I've had this discussion with Mr. Hardman before about body shapes and I'm not made for running. I'm no. quite a stocky, broad body shape and I've got quite sort of muscly legs but I'm not made, I just don't have that body for running. I don't find it comfortable. It actually doesn't, I don't, when I'm running, I don't find it comfortable. When I'm playing football, however, yes, you're running around but you're stopping, you're starting, yeah. you're passing, you're heading, you're doing loads of different things but it's not continuous go for yeah. a run and I just don't find that as comfortable as other people. No, I But I, I can see the enjoyment you. from it and I can see how people like it as a release. Yeah. But just, yeah, not for... I think yeah. it's just such a mental thing as Massively, well. Yeah. It's like you said with football, you're always engaged, you're always doing something. Your mind is active, mm. you're looking for the next pass yeah. or the goal or, or whatever it is you're looking for. Whereas running, you are just running. That's yeah. it. There is nothing else going on. Mm. And perhaps when you're a professional runner, you have got things going on in your mind about mm. your, your breathing rate and your pace yeah. and everything. But when I go out for a run, I that it, to me, it's too much. You need a focus, yeah, essentially. And definitely, there's nothing there. Definitely. Even if you've got music on as well. I just, yeah. Okay, well, no, thank you very much <laughs> for your uh, honest answer. So that's brilliant. Um, the final thing that we always finish with is a quiz. And I've really thought okay. about this one this week. And I'm really, really interested. So, um, Miss Francis last week got one, yeah. uh, Mr. Patching got one, and Mr. Brown got three out of five. So the moment okay. he's setting the standard for it, I'm sure it was three out of five. Um, so for you this week, being a maths teacher here at Bunwell, okay. is what do you know about maths in sport quiz? So five questions. Okay. There is some mathematics involved, especially oh the gosh. last question, okay. but we'll see what you can get out of it. So the number of minutes in a football match plus one minute of injury time 
divided by the number of players in a netball team. So on the court team. So how many would be on the court just for one team? So the number of minutes in a football man yeah. match plus one minute of injury time. So I'm at 91 at the moment. Divided by the number of players in a netball team. Doesn't divide. So hold up. Already done the question wrong. <laughs> does it divide? Yes, it does divide. Okay, we're well, good. I've got the calculation correct. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does divide. I'm going in my head. I'm sure it does. Divide. I'm gonna have to check. You carry on. I'm gonna check my calculator <laughs> as I'm doing this. I'm pretty sure it divides. I thought it did. Yeah, it does. It does divide. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it does, does. divide. <laughs> <laughs> question. <laughs> So what's, um, the, so what's seven, your answer then? 7, 13. Hold on, just let me double check this. Yeah. 11, 7 <clears> is 77. So 12, 7 is 84. So 13. Yeah, 13. 13. Is that your answer? Yeah. Correct. Well done. Oh. You question me then. I'm going, no, I'm pretty sure because I did. 12 times 7 is 84. Plus another 7 is 91. That's why I added the one minute of injury time. I just, just to needed make it... to buy myself some time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one out of one. Well done. Right. Oh, God, here we go. I'm a bit worried now for the last one. Um, right, number two. The number of players on a basketball court during a game. So that's both teams okay. multiplied by the number of players in a doubles tennis match. So I'm thinking, now I don't know how many players are on a basketball team, so I'm going to okay. say I'm going to say seven on each team, so that's 14, okay. and then I'm going to times that by four, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if I do 10 times four, that's 40, and four times four is 16, so 56 is my guess. Okay, no, it was 40, it was oh. five on each side. Oh, that's a shame. So 10 times four for your doubles matches. But my calculation was correct. It was correct, it just was <laughs> the wrong numbers. That's like me going two times two is eight. <laughs> right numbers, right? Um, right, number three. The number of individual courts on the upper campus multiplied by the number of individual courts on the middle campus, not including the new 3G that's been made. So where the tennis and netball courts are, yeah. multiply upper by middle. So how many are on the upper court, how many are on the middle? This is a really hard question. Mm. Um, I think there's only three on middle. Okay. And then on upper... It's in that bit that used to be by the swimming pool. Yeah, but it's still by the swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> it's well. not used to be. It's, no, it's still there. <laughs> now I'm going to say three, so I'm going to say nine. Nine. Oh, it's 12. <sighs> There's four on upper. Stretches, quite big. Yeah. Um, another question, just on the sign though. Were you at Barnwell then when the swimming pool was open? Yes, used to have swim, swimming lessons. And what was that like? <laughs> Interested. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Um, it was fine. I mean, lots of people mm. didn't enjoy it. It was kind of the sport that lots of people sat out of. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I loved it. It was mainly honest. summer because it was outside. Wasn't yeah, it? was summer, it heated? Yeah. Um, I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay, interesting. No, it's, it's good. Um, number four. I'm going to do this for you instead of it says I. If you were to go on a 10 kilometre run, yeah. how many miles to the nearest whole number would you be running? Oh, God. I've added a little bit to the nearest whole number. Because <laughs> it is a decimal, but I want to the nearest whole number. So let me just. A marathon is about 42 kilometres, and a marathon okay. is 26.3. Okay. So, um, this doesn't really help. So, half marathon is 13.1, which is about 20 kilometres. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to go with what round to the nearest? Whole number. Seven. Is that your answer? No, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 13.1 Every person that asks when they give me the answer, they look at me saying, there's my answer, and I'm going, I'm not going to give anything away. 13.1 is about 21 kilometres. 
So 10 kilometres is about half of that. Yeah, I'm going to go with seven. Seven? Yeah. Close, it was six. Oh, it's around six. six. It's 6.21, I think oh. it was. Oh, I was so six. Five, so I rounded up. Close. So one at the moment out of four. Not zero. So, so not zero. That's good. I, we started that's, strong, I'm, I'm but then that. unfortunately <laughs> just... Uh, so this is probably the hardest one and there's two possible answers because we can discuss why so if you were going to do a circuit training mm-hmm. and you're going to do it at the gym and you were going to complete one round so just one round of the yeah. six stations six stations okay. you exercise at each station for one minute with a 30 second rest yeah okay how long would you be training for okay so six stations I'm going to do one round one minute on each that's six minutes mm-hmm. past 30 seconds rest so that's mm-hmm. another three minutes that'd be nine minutes is that your answer yeah okay i'll give you that nine minutes <laughs> correct well done i did say eight minutes 30 because it depends if you consider after the last station uh, okay, if you're going to have the 30 time. second rest or not yeah. so i said okay. nine minutes or eight minutes 30 yes. so well done okay so that's pretty good going two, two. out of five yeah. solid sitting in between uh, sort of i'm very um, happy with that the other three who've taken part and um, thank you very much uh, for joining me uh, on this week's episode and um definitely a different story especially with jim and i think a lot of people will resonate with that so um thank you very much for for joining me thank you for having me Right, there you have it, episode four. Um, despite giving me doubt over my own math skills, the quiz at the end, that was a really good conversation. Um, and for me, the main message I'll take away is trying to use that routine a little bit better and treating exercise as an appointment. And it's important and can't be missed or avoided. I really, really like that. So um, you may have noticed um, during the podcast, a voice message from a student. And that's a new feature I'll be looking to include more often in the podcast. And details have been sent out to all students for um, the for them to know how to do that. Um, I've also started taking shout outs. Um, This week's one comes from Josh. Uh, He wants to say a big thank you to his stepmom. He said, thank you for all your hard work, especially during this challenging times. Uh, You are amazing. Thank you. So that's really, really lovely to hear. Um, So that's it. Thank you again for listening. Uh, Next week will be a special episode linked to World Cancer Day, which is on Thursday, the 4th of February. So please make sure you listen to that. Um, For now, though, hope you're all well. Continue to stay safe and see you soon. Hello and welcome back to the Happy People podcast. This week is a very special episode. 4th of February is World Cancer Day, a day which the entire world unites together in the ongoing fight against cancer. There was a statistic on the Cancer Research website that states in 2018 that 18 million people worldwide were diagnosed with cancer. But thankfully, to ongoing research, two in four people now in the UK who are diagnosed with cancer survive for at least 10 years or more. That's still a statistic that needs to change for the better. And really, we want it to state that all people diagnosed with cancer survive. And hopefully one day that will be reality. The continued efforts and research are improving every day and the funding gathered by charities is absolutely essential. And when you hear facts that more than one third of cancer cases can be prevented and another third can be cured if detected early and treated properly, it just gives us all hope. And this is why my guest this week is Ash Marshall. He's an ex-student at Barnwell and I've had the honour of sitting down with him whilst he shared his story about his battle with cancer. 
At times, what he told me was just unbelievable and shocking. And being completely truthful, the thing that kept me going during our conversation is just his positivity absolute honesty about his experience and he's a truly inspirational person. I don't really want to say I hope you enjoy the podcast but I do hope you get something out of it and take away the strength that Ash clearly has. This is definitely a story I want you to share with anyone and everyone as messages and advice given by Ash throughout are so vitally important in raising awareness of cancer and some ways that we can unite together and defeat it.